I'm muted. I'm not muted anymore. Hey. Hey! Yeah, this thing, like, the mute gets me every time. I did it to myself. It's it's the auto-mute that just really messes with my head because I'm ready to talk immediately. Don't, don't mute me right off the bat. Don't mute me, bro. This is censorship. <laughs> this is America. Hello? I've got the rights, my freedoms. Steph, are you sure you shouldn't be, like, in Canada doing, like, a trucking blockade or something right now? Well, I am in the second best place. I'm in the American South. <laughs> it's, like, the same thing, right? It's like, yeah. the same thing. I'm pretty sure all of the truckers that are actually up there are from here. <laughs> I, actually, I'm pretty sure that's the I'm case. Confident. I've seen Confederate flags. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I live in a great area of Cobb County where it's, it's West Cobb, which is where the poors live. And I'm very happy amongst my people. Would you say you're in the dirty South? Yes. (laughs) No, it's, it's just, I mean, it's 65 out today. It's sunny. It's beautiful. Um, I'm happy. You can't really complain. I, ca- I cannot complain. I've got my trees are very green. My neighbors are building a deck in the middle of the day and didn't warn anybody who's working from home about the noise, which I understand is a, not a thing that people do. But like, we're in the middle of a pandemic still, and we're all still working from home. A little bit of common courtesy would go a long way. It'd be great. It'd be nice. And I love it's beautiful here, too, in Philadelphia. It is as nice as could be for this time of year, like unseasonably warm February, I can actually go outside with a hoodie at most on and it's wonderful. And I decided, you know what, what a better way to spend my day than to be inside podcasting. Of course, of course, of course. Yes. Well, I at least have my, my sliding glass door open. So I'm getting fresh air in. Oh, I'm in my basement. It is the opposite of fresh air. It's dust. I'm surrounded by just bullshit I refuse to throw out. That's how I live my life as a a minor hoarder. Listen, we're doing our best. (laughs) I'm surrounded by, oh gosh, do you want me to tell you? Do you want me to list off the empty snack containers that I have around me? Oh yeah, please. That's, this. you know, I've got, I at least have good snacks around me. I've got like, I made myself an espresso in the South Philly spirit. I got the tiny cup, so I'm ready to mob it up. Nice. I've got an empty box of Uncrustables. <laughs> I have... That's a blog lunch right there. Yeah. That's an ADHD lunch. I'm really bad at feeding myself. And when I remember that I haven't eaten, this is just... It's the quickest way to get food into my body. I have an empty box of Lucky Charms that I ate completely dry right here on the couch, <laughs> shoveling right into my face hole. I have, I've got a half empty, but you know, half full, one of those big like milk cartons of goldfish. Like, you know, the ones that I'm talking about. 
So it's both optimistic and negative. And oh. I, I'm very familiar with the goldfish. So I know exactly. What oh, you're right. About. You you work for Big Soup. So the one that opens like, you know, the milk. Yeah, right. it looks like a Big. giant milk carton and it's full yeah. of goldfish crackers. Yeah. Yeah. I have an empty container of crispy fried onions that I had been putting on my meals this week. So apparently I just decided. That's a vegetable. Did you hear that? My phone ringing? That was your phone ringing? I had no, I just heard a pop. Oh, okay. No, I, I wasn't sure if the, the ringtone was going to come through. It is. My ringtone is the theme song to True Blood. Here we are. I'll be honest. I, I, I'm, I probably heard it twice. I, I could, I might be able to recognize it if I heard it, but I'm not a hundred percent confident. It's very good. Do we want to keep going through my snacks? My half, my half. You've got a lot of snack containers. You weren't lying. I was not lying. I live on my couch because I've got this ankle sprain and I can't, like, I can't move. I can't keep getting up to get food. So I've got. I forgot you were in Das Boot. Yes, Das Boot. Um, I've got my half of a peanut butter jar. It is Skippy Creamy. Thank you. And then I've got half of a box of club crackers that I'm eating with the peanut butter. Just doing a big scoop there. I've got. I'm glad we're getting the lunch talk in. That's the important thing for a lunch podcast. I've got a mostly empty big bag, family size of Swedish fish. And I have two brownies left of an eight pack. Are you sure you haven't been high for the last 24 hours? Because that is, that is like a high cornucopia right there. I can neither confirm nor deny. Excellent. Excellent. But I can I can confirm that I am not high right now. <laughs> good, good. Well, you know, we need to be uh, clear eyes, full hearts, many losses for the Philadelphia Flyers. That's where we're at. <laughs> I but, do eat real food. For anyone who's concerned about me, I, I do eat fruits and vegetables. This is just what's next to me on my couch. That just is what happens to be next to you on the couch. Yes. I, I get that. I totally get that. I understand as somebody who who pigged out on snacks after I saw a show last night and like we got home at like 10:30 and I just pigged out on snacks and watched basketball. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. Well, on that note of basketball, I I did want to mention that a lot has been made about the Philadelphia Flyers place in Philly sports lately, you know. Their rudder list, their list list, you know, the drill. But the biggest problem I see for the Flyers right now is that they don't even have the best beard in Philadelphia anymore. Because the Sixers added James Harden yesterday, and that they eclipsed all the other teams in the beard rankings because James Harden's beard is just insane. Like, it looks like – have you ever seen those guys who have, like, a beard of bees or something? Like yes, you have. It's intense. Like, you can barely see his mouth through that thing. It's amazing. I'm just it like is, – it is, it is a uh, luxurious beard. Like, that is – that man is living. That man is living. It's an A++ beard. And, you know, how can you compete with that? The Flyers had somebody, well, in theory, that could have competed with that in one Ryan Ellis. (laughs) But Ryan Ellis is a figment of our imagination. He's our imaginary friend, and (laughs) he doesn't exist. That's the only beard that can rival James Harden, who, like, literally his nickname is The Beard. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a shame. You know... Claude Giroux has has a respectable beard, but it's, you know, it's very tidy. 
Um, oh, he's Vorchek. got like a job interview beard. Oh yeah, total job interview beard. Jake Voracek could have given Harden a run for his money, but R.I.P. He is no longer with us here in Philadelphia. Yeah, there's R.I.P.D. There's no one except for Ryan Ellis that could potentially compete. Like, I'm trying to think, like, maybe playoff Sean Couturier, but even then, no. No, no. And I do love playoff Coot Spirit, which we will be getting to shortly. We will not, well, we wouldn't be seeing that regardless this year, but we definitely won't be seeing it now. But we'll get to that in a minute. I did want to close out the, but, you know, just back to Ryan Ellis. Again, he is a figment of our imagination. He simply doesn't exist. It's false. No way. Not this time. We created it. Well, I just wanted to get as many Jonathan Frakes, like, believe it or not, falsitudes in there. If you've ever seen that video where he just goes through, like, every way he said, like, nope, didn't happen. It's amazing. You know that I haven't seen that. I will send you the link after the podcast. It's hilarious. I, like, pissed my pants laughing at it. Okay. But, you know, the the important thing is we're we're rid of Ben Simmons. He's gone. And this isn't a Sixers podcast, but... Ben Simmons, I think, just as a Philadelphia sports topic, might be the most reviled athlete I can remember. And I was around for J.D. Drew and Scott Rowland, like guys who were definitely reviled. And Ben Simmons might be worse than any of them. And it just I can't remember a guy handling a situation as poorly as him. Like at least J.D. Drew never even tried to play for the police. I there was another sixer within recent memory. Um, Okafor? Okafor, yeah, and the, oh man, I just fillied up that Okafor, but like, (laughs) Okafor definitely is up there, he was pretty bad, but like, Simmons just, through his own actions, through just a disastrous playoff last year, and then just all the comments he's had since then, and all the news that's come out, like, he's really doubled down and made it as bad as possible, and like, it's stunning to me as somebody who primarily watched hockey most of his life. Like I, I pay attention. I'm a four for four guy. Right. But primarily a hockey guy. Like it's my number one. It's my ride or die, my fly or die, I guess. And I've died plenty of times with this team. And I, like, I can't even fathom a situation like this with the flyers. Like, I mean, the messiest I've seen is Lindros. Right. And a lot of that has to do with management on the flyers. And uh, the only recent examples I can even like, remotely compare maybe Nolan Patrick and it's nowhere near the level of this Ben Simmons debacle. I I need to apologize. I need to apologize to Okafor because I got him mixed up with someone else. I had to Google which sixer hurt themselves bowling. (laughs) (laughs) Which one was it? I forget. Andrew Bynum. Oh, Bynum. What a bum. That guy sucked. This Ugh. is who I was thinking of. It was not Okafor. My apologies for the slander. Andrew Bynum is the one that I remember. The the last guy that everyone in Philadelphia was like, fuck you, get out of town. Okafor was a bum too, don't get me wrong. But like well, yeah, but- Bynum was way worse because he came in with like huge expectations and just he hurt himself bowling. You don't need to say any more than that. That was it. Like, I, that was the, like, literally word for word. Which sixer hurt themselves bowling? And one, two, three, four. I mean, it's all of the articles. We've got USA Today, ESPN, Sixer Sense, SB Nation, Sports Illustrated, The Inquirer, NBC, Bleacher Report, Liberty Ballers. <laughs> like, they're all, it's all about how he 
injured himself bowling. 10, 9, 8, 76 articles. <laughs> we got a caller. We got a request. Anarcho Hockey has some words he'd like to share. And let's get him on. All right. Well, I just want to go back to uh, James Harden's beer a little bit here. Um, yes. I don't watch a lot of basketball. Um, but I actually don't really watch any basketball, to be honest. Uh, when I saw that beard, I thought those photoshops. Like, I thought that was fake. Like, I literally thought somebody was like, here, let me just like, you know, give him like, like, you know, I've seen pictures of him, but like, I've never won like the one that I saw. I don't know if I'm making any sense, but it no, you're was making like, perfect so, sense. Like, I agree with it you. It was so like incredible. I was just like, that looks like somebody took his beard and photoshopped it to make it look even better. Like, I was like, that is. Like, it has to be the best beard I've ever seen in my life. Like, it's incredible. It's unbelievable. Like, flat out it, like, <laughs> like, yeah, it's literally unbelievable. Like, because you thought it was photoshopped. <laughs> and I agree. Like, it doesn't look real. You look at it and you say, holy shit. And if only hockey could achieve those. Like, we have seen, like, Joe Thornton obviously had the most intense beard, I think, in hockey history, right? Or maybe Brent Burns. I mean, together, their beard power combined. But, I mean, Harden's is just intense and just the way it fills out. Like, it's just. I, it's stunning. Yeah, it's really good. I was one of those people that hated the Burns and um, Thornton beards just because they looked unkempt. So they just trim up a little bit. See, I, I thought Burns was considerably better than Thornton's. They just need to, like, trim up a little bit. That's all I ask for. Like, Joe Thornton looked like he had been stranded on an island for, like, two years. Exactly. Like, it was a total castaway beard yes. right there. Just trim up. You've got a lot of money. Trim up. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's all you wanted. No, you needed something to soften it up and really just make it into uh Can you imagine being, like, his partner and just, like, feeling his, his beard and go, oh, God. Like, you get, like, paper cuts all over your hand. Men, condition your beard. Take care of your beard. It's so important. This is the important thing today, and I do that too, but I've also got, like, serious mask beard right now, mm. where, especially because I, I upgraded to the N95s and the KN95s, and the bottom of my beard gets extremely itchy in those, which is like, I, I'm not complaining, I, I, I will <laughs> wear it, but it's a problem some days. Like, it's, I, I take it off, I'm like, oh god, it's itchy. My problem is when I'm wearing my glasses as opposed to my oh. Fog City. I know that's that's a consistent problem across the board, but I just wanted to air it because it's annoying. We air grievances here. So um, I, I think we've established Harden is the beard king of Philadelphia right now until he uh, pisses us off. But for now, he is certainly the beard king of Philadelphia. Now, the one of the previous great beards in Philly is Sean Couturier, who unfortunately we just learned is out for the season. But I also think that's for the best because – this team's not making the playoffs. They're going nowhere. There's no point in injuring Sean Couturier further. I'd rather have a healthy Sean Couturier next season, even though I secretly want to tank for Bedard. But that's neither here nor there. Um, Sean Couturier is signed for many, many years. We need him as healthy as possible. Uh, you know, you're still with us, Anarko. Any any thoughts on Coots right here getting, uh, uh, you know, downgraded for the rest of the season? Hockey. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Go sports. <laughs> uh, Kevin just yeah. chimed in and no, said, I, more beard talk. No bias here. Kevin has that very <laughs> Kevin has a wonderful beard. He's a, a friend of the show right here. He has a great like uh, 
a, a big a big beard right there. So he has a, a good one right there. Kevin, but, do, you, yeah, I... do you moisturize your beard? I bet he does. <laughs> but yeah, that, like Coots, I don't know, man. Like it, it, it's one of those things that sucks. It sucks that you're not going to see him. Uh, Kurt had a great comment, at least for my standards right here, where he said that the Flyers are relegated to playing checkers the rest of the season. <laughs> and, you know, because Coots plays chess and everybody else plays checkers. And now the Flyers stuck playing checkers. But it, it's like checkers if you had like half the pieces to start with. Maybe some of them were, like, half pieces. Yeah. No, you definitely, like, you picked up someone else's game midway through, and they were losing horribly. And you're like, well, I guess, I guess we've got to try and work with what we got here. What scares me about Coots is that it was back-related. Um, you know, Chuck Fletcher said that absolutely no way – is this surgery or the injury going to impact the rest of his career, which is good. And he said that's why they opted for surgery, but still, he's not 30 yet, and that's his back. I don't know. I'm just I'm just nervous because he's the best player on the team when he's healthy. Like, he hands down. He's one of the best centers in the league when he's healthy, so... I think he's the best player of the team when he's, like, at 75%. I mean, we saw that playoffs when he had, what, one well, arm? Uh, yeah, basically, where he tore, like, every ligament in his leg. Yeah. Oh, that I was thought, oh, Provorov was the arm. Couturier was the leg. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah he was basically, like, well, last week we were live on, on two legs. Uh, he was he had no legs in that playoff, and he was the only flyer. To, except for Valtteri Filpula, who uh, longtime flight listeners might remember, almost made me purchase an Ophilpula jersey in that series because I had uh, claimed if Valtteri Filpula played a big part in the Flyers coming back and winning that series, then I would buy an Irish Ophilpula jersey. And uh, thankfully for my finances and for my taste – and that didn't come to that, but it, he had one great game. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe he actually did that. But that Couturier like had that unbelievable final game where the Flyers had that just just god awful collapse. I don't want to talk about it too much because it's traumatizing. It's a Friday. We are we're, we're looking forward to enjoying our weekends. We don't want to think about the Flyers' collapse against the Penguins from a couple of years ago and Sean Couturier basically dying on the ice while scoring. Did he have a hat trick in that game? He did. Unbelievable. He did. He did, yes. He had four goals, actually. Could be totally four goals. <laughs> four goals. I think. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but sorry. I don't have the numbers in front of me either. I know that it was at least a hat trick, but but that's why, like, it drives me nuts that a lot of fans have just like forgotten how good Sean Couturier is. Oh yeah, it drives me insane. And it's, it's, I mean, he's always been underrated throughout his career, except for maybe like a two-year period. And you know, I, I always remember this guy from the only game I did uh, photo work on, and it was not good photo work. But the only game I did photo work on, uh, I remember a guy going, "Couturier, what does he do?" And it's just he'd always been underrated, except for again that two-year period. Sorry, I was muted again. Yes, completely agree with you. Um... He is not a piece. Now, I, I know that we've talked a lot about the core, but he is not a piece that I would ever move, even if the price was right. Like, I I just wouldn't. I wouldn't. Maybe I'm in the minor minority here, but I'm sticking with Sean Couturier. 
No, I, I'm there with you. And I mean, the, I agree with you that a back injury is extremely concerning, especially for somebody his age. When the doctor says you need a bacchiotomy, that's a problem. And that's something that can linger. And it's as concerning as Kevin Hayes injury. And Kevin Hayes is another guy that, you know, I got, I got a comment from bagel dog here saying do Hayes next and fix whatever's wrong with him from the previous season. Totally agree with you there. Hayes is another guy that he's got very concerning having that abdominal. I can say the word now, if I pace myself, that abdominal injury is something that lingers. It stays around. I think we, we, you know, sports hernia is one that word we used a few years back and, it's something that stays with you and it's not good. It is something that's very concerning can linger with you for the rest of your career. Yeah. I am concerned about Kevin hates, excuse me. And these are your top two centers. You know, <laughs> the guys that when the flyers succeeded under Elaine Vigneault, that you were sitting there going like, okay, so we have, Drew on the wing and Couturier and Hayes on your, your top two lines, you know, being your definitive top two centers, we're in a good position. And now these guys both have very concerning injuries and it, like Scott Lawton's your number one center right now, especially if Claude Giroux gets traded, right? Like uh, what, what is this? I and mean, I like Scott Lawton, don't get me wrong, but the dude ain't a number one center. Well, not with that attitude. <laughs> I don't want to speak too poorly because, as we all know, Scott Lawton will kill me. <laughs> yep. And I have offered my services to help him, so, like, really, you're kind of screwed. <laughs> Just completely screwed. But, yeah, I, I mean, just shut them all down. Tank, baby, tank. You know, it's, it's like Kevin had to shut everyone down and get the Strom kid as an NHL debut. He can't skate. He can't skate. I mean, I mean maybe if you, you wheel him out there. And, and, you know, Kurt's very upset listening to this. He's, he's Kurt is getting upset. Kurt's mad. <laughs> um, I think that it would be fine. Like, can it get worse this season? No, they're not going anywhere. So... Whatever. Throw. I would prefer if it got worse this season. You know, as I said before, like, I'm not going to take I'm not going to get mad when they win because that's a fool's errand right there. Like you are just setting yourself up for high blood pressure if you get mad when they win. Right. <laughs> that's just an insane thing to do. But if you just kind of roll with whatever happens and kind of hope they lose, then I think you're better off because this team needs talent. They need high end draft picks. And frankly, this is a good opportunity to get a high end draft pick this year. Yeah, totally. So Chuck gave a, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, so I was just saying, I think it's, I think it's best to just sit back and kind of laugh at, at them. Cause it's, I think that's the most entertaining thing. Um, Personally, I'm not really watching the games that intently anymore. So, uh, I hear that. You know, I hear that. I, I watch them I'm all. I'm kind of just, yeah, it's just on in the background. I'm watching whatever on TV or, you know, working on studying for something. And then, in, you know, in the background, they're playing. I'm kind of scrolling through Twitter, seeing if anyone's picking up on anything. But, you know, I don't know. That's the, that's the most entertaining part of it at this point. I agree with you. I, I just keep it on, on my tablet for the most part. And, you know, and that the only bad part about that is they list, I list. I miss uh, Jim Jackson, who you know, voice of the Flyers, wonderful, does a wonderful job. But that's pretty. And sometimes I'll just stick an AirPod in just to listen to JJ. But for the most part, I kind of have it on in the background. I'm not 
because I don't know, man, like life's too short to get that mad about the Flyers at this point, especially this year, because this year it's already down the shitter, which again sucks because the, the start was so good. It really looked like Chuck may have worked something out and now. Now he's given sad press conferences like he did earlier today. I don't know. Was it a press conference stuff or is it just kind of a, a media meet? I think it was just him meeting with the media and they streamed it on. Okay. So basically he's like, oh, I got to give this coots news. I might as well give like 12 updates. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what it was. An injury update and then not quite a state of the Flyers, but also not, not a state of the Flyers. It was just a quick little media scrum with the it's as the saying goes, when in Rome, tell the Romans how much Rome is burning. Absolutely. I mean, that's how you got to do it, right? When in Rome. <laughs> when in Rome. Hey, I, I, the East Quadrant is pretty singed. The West Quadrant's okay. Stay away from the East, okay? That's all I got to say. So uh, updates from Chuck. He said Hayes is 50-50, which it shut him down. Shut it down. Shut him down. We, <laughs> shut him down. Shut him down. And then where were some of the other ones? He said Tanner Lazinski is going to be returning in a week, which is awesome for Tanner Lazinski. I really hope he's healed 100%, which is sadly also something that we are talking a lot about this season if guys are fully healthy when they're returning. So I really hope Tanner is 100% when he's coming back and ready to play because I don't want him to rush back. It's pointless. Yeah, so he will be returning a week from today. Ryan Fitzgerald is a couple weeks away. I forgot that he was even anyway. I was going to say, I, I, do I even know who that is? Uh, he, I think he was with the Phantoms for a while. I don't, like, I what? know. The, the Flyers have a bunch of guys I don't even know that sound like they went to high school with me. Ryan Fitzgerald, Patrick Brown. Oh, I definitely went to high school with a Ryan Fitzgerald. Like, I probably went to high school with a few Ryan Fitzgeralds. Uh, Tyson Forrester is probably he's there probably isn't enough time for him to play anywhere this season so that's NHL or AHL which sucks because I've really I really have enjoyed Tyson Forrester probably more because I didn't get to scout him at all because that was the COVID pick um but he's been good I've liked Forrester he's got a hell of a shot I'm excited for him to really put everything together I've talked to Maddie a couple times on the uh, the Phantoms fix about him, and she seems really optimistic about you know how his skills have come along so far. And I, again, that shot is we talk about high end talent, right? That shot is a a high end talent thing. And frankly, if he can just learn to skate pretty good and just stand in the circle and blast away, I'm cool with that. That's fine. That's fine. They need power play goals. Power play goals count too. People forget this. I think count a lot. They really are highly necessary to succeed. And when you get a man advantage and you give up goals the other way every time, which feels like they've, I feel like they've let up more shorthanded goals than ever before this season. I could be just completely thinking of it wrong, but it feels that way. I'm going to look it up. So you Cause can, I'll, you I'll, I'll, you I'll ramble on. Anarcho hockey. You two talk. I'm going to. I'll talk with Anarcho Hockey, and if anybody else would like to chime in, any requests, please feel free to uh, buzz in. We are uh, t talking until 1 p.m. about the uh, the Flyers, about James Harden's beard, whatever the hell you find folks want. I did see an interesting thing about um, – because I think uh, uh, Tyson Forrester and Zade Wisdom both had – I think they were both shoulder injuries or, or something. I don't remember, but somebody was talking about um, – 
that uh, I think there was like kind of some questions about whether the Flyers should have actually been, you know, playing these guys in the pros, you know, when they're 18 years old or whatever, um, just because, you know, they don't, you know what I mean? Like they, they don't have the, the physical strength to kind of keep up with their competition and stuff like that. And Yeah, they need the ball. I thought it was an interesting to... thing. It is interesting. And, because and like... are... Oh, go ahead. Those are, those are, I mean, those are scary injuries, like to, to have shoulder injuries, like early in your career. It's like, I, like, I, like when I was playing, like I know guys who would get shoulder injuries and they just kept re-injuring them. And like, you know, when I was like 17 or 18, like guys kind of were done after that point. And those guys were, you know, 18, 19 when they were having these issues. So I don't know. It's a little scary. That's all. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to get off the hype train of those two because they're fun, but um, I don't know. It's definitely scary. It's definitely scary to, to think about, especially, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a medical expert. I'm not even close to a medical expert, but if you, you damage certain things, they don't heal right. Uh, sometimes like as you get older, like my shit don't work right. I'm, I'm nearing 40, unfortunately, and stuff is breaking down. You're going to have to put my brain in a jar soon. And especially when you're in such a, a high demand, like a demanding sport like hockey, right? Where you just get hit all the time you are putting stress on your ligaments. You're putting stress on like your shoulder you use so often in hockey. And if it doesn't heal right, if it's not coming back stronger, that is definitely a concern. And especially for somebody like Forrester, who's so dependent on his shot. Yeah. I was actually going to start this show asking you, when was the last time you woke up and nothing hurt? (laughs) That's a great question. I mean, I woke up today. And like, obviously my ankle hurts. And because I'm in Das Boot, I, um, my whole lower body hurts. Like I, my, the alignment in my lower body, my hips, my knees, my just the legs, like it all hurts. But then I woke up this morning with a fun new pain in my neck. Oh, how, (laughs) what a wonderful pain you've discovered. What, What a delight. I'm so happy. The last time I woke up without pain had to have been, like, when I was maybe a teenager. And even then, probably not. Oh, my God. I I hear you there. I hear you there. Like, I've had – I've really screwed up my left ankle a bunch of times. And I was playing floor hockey a bunch with some guys a couple years ago. uh, And I injured this ankle so many damn times. And I think I just – it's screwed up forever. It's just – it's not – it's messed That's, up. I had to start wearing high tops because like I would just mess up my ankle. I got so many sprains. Yep. I have a, I have a joint disorder. So I also sprained my ankle a lot. This one is the worst that I've ever had. And it is also my left ankle. So I tore every single ligament on the outside and the inside. I'm doing great guys. This like to overachieve like this is very Steph driver. Top notch right there, Steph. Yeah. Ke- Kevin said, if I sneeze hard enough, my back will pop. Adulting yeah. is bullshit. And oh, that's, God, yeah. That's so true. Oh, my God. I've had so many, like, pulled backs right now. Like, it's – I had one day at my old job. We had a, a gym on the top floor, a free gym. And I pulled my back, and I couldn't – I could barely walk. So I got to the elevators, and I went up to the free gym to try and stretch it out. And I laid down on, like, a mat. And I was like, I'll just do this for like 15 minutes and I should be okay. And it wasn't as bad before I went up there and I couldn't get back up. I was like using like the, the, 
those inflatable like balls basically to Yoga try balls. and stretch it out. And then I laid down and then I couldn't get up. And I'm like, this is, ter-. I had to call my buddy downstairs. I texted him like, please no. come and rescue me from the gym upstairs. I'm going to go home for the rest of the day. Oh, it's terrible. So just to circle back, shorthanded goals allowed this season. Leading the league is the New Jersey Devils at oh, wow. eight. They've allowed eight shorthanded goals. The Los Angeles Kings have allowed seven. And the Washington Capitals, San Jose Sharks, and the Philadelphia Flyers have allowed six. I'm there's, shocked. There is only one team in the league that has allowed zero. Would you like to guess? One team in the league that's allowed zero shorthanded goals? Yes. The Arizona guy. No, I'm kidding. Um, whew, that's a good question. I'm the Florida Panthers. Negative. Who is they it? Have, they've given up. Hold on. Let me see. Florida. They've given up four. Um, the, uh, the Arizona Coyotes have given up three. Yeah, that's not a surprise. So the Toronto Maple Leafs have given up zero shorthanded goals so far this season. Toronto! Toronto. Toronto. The Toronto Maple Leafs have given up zero. I actually find that shocking. But, you know, Jack Campbell's very good. I also find that shocking. But that's awesome. Good for them. Good for them. We got another request for a call here. Alex G wants to chime in. I'm going to add him. All right, Alex, you're hey, on guys, with Steven Steph. Whoa. How you guys you, doing? You on the big hey. rig there, Alex? Yeah, yeah. You know, going to work. It's, it's far away. So okay. You guys can hear me over the, the racket in the car. We can hear you, but the car's pretty loud. The, uh, the like, yeah, traffic. <laughs> If you hang up, I totally get it. Um, I just wanted to call in. Uh, I guess we'll do um, my favorite Giroud memory, just because this is hopefully not as going away, but probably is going away. Um, I remember going on my birthday to a Flyers-Penguins game in, I think, 2013 or 2014. So this is like height of the Philly-Pittsburgh rivalry where the teams actively hated each other. And uh, there were, I think, five fights at that game, including a uh, Jake Borachek fight and a, uh, a Pierre-Edouard Belmar fight, if memory serves. Frenchie. And, yeah. And um, Flyers tied it late, went to overtime, and G won it in front of me because we had kind of low low-level seats, like, in front of me, one-timer on the power play in overtime. And uh, that place was loud. Um, my question is, and I'll hang up after this because I'm sure the car is just a racket. Um, okay, sounds good. <laughs> my question is, what what are we actively looking for in return for G? Because I hear a lot of people saying, oh, we should expect this, this, or this, but no real names have been kind of thrown around. Then I was wondering what you guys think, what we can get for as far as a name player from a team that's looking to stock up. Uh, okay. okay, thanks, Alex. Appreciate it. All right. Alex, uh, th- thank you for calling in. You were a highway star there. And uh, <laughs> you're on a motorcycle, my man? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But that we do appreciate you calling in. That was crazy, though. Uh, so, 
okay, just to recap, Alex is talking about going to a crazy uh, Penguins Flyers game with a ton of fights. Our old friend Pierre Edward Belmar fought, you know, uh, Pebbles, as some people would call him Pebs. And that, I'll have to look that up. I'm sure I remember that game. That sounds nuts. And I love that. I did want to do a podcast soon within the next month about favorite G memories, and I'll probably cry a bunch. So that'll be good. But talking about returns for Claude Giroux, this is an important question, especially over the next month or so. And I don't know enough about prospects to really ask for what would be coming back in such a deal, but I I certainly know my expectations would be I would want a high-end prospect back for Claude Giroux and a high draft pick. Like, I really – personally, I might be too emotional speaking about this, but I think it's perfectly reasonable to ask for a first-round pick and a, a high-end prospect for Claude Giroux. Now – a second round pick, uh, maybe with a prospect or a first round pick and more of a middling prospect. I don't know. I really think you need to get a significant return for Claude Giroux or else, well, I don't say or else don't trade him, but I, I feel like we ran into a situation like this with Wayne Simmons a couple years back where our expectations for Wayne Simmons getting traded were so much higher than what the reality was on the, the situation. And we got such a disappointing return back, which turned, what was it? Ryan Hartman, who turned into Pitlick, the liquor of pits. And <laughs> that turned into nothing. What what happened with Pitlick? He just left? I think so. Yeah. I th- or I think he I, walked, we, may, uh... we may have traded him. I don't, I don't recall. All right. So he just I've walked. Got a couple, he walked. Yeah. Or free agency, I think. Um, all right. So I've got a couple things to say. Pebbles fought Bobby Farnham. And rocked him, and I think it was his first fight ever. I'm Pierre Belmar. It was it was stunning. Um, please look that fight up if you get a chance. No, when you get a chance. So my my thought about Claude Giroux. One, I hate trade speculation, so I'm not the person to tell you what I want to get back for Claude Giroux. And also, I've talked myself into fully believing that he's not going anywhere because Danny Briere is the special assistant to the general manager. So that makes um, a good transition for the next talking point after this, by the way, because I would love to talk about Briere for a minute. Right. So like when I say that I've completely talked myself into it, I want you to know that it is, it is like 100% a joke, uh, but also 100% serious. So you take that as you will. Um, I, I, I don't like to compare it to the Wayne Simmons trade because I think Claude Giroux has a lot more gas left in the tank than Wayne Simmons did. When when we when we traded Wayne Simmons, like it was pretty clear he was at the end of his career. Now he's still playing, I, and, and I don't want to discount how amazing he is as a person, and he's a great power forward. Um, but he's just not the same Wayne Simmons that we all wanted to keep in Philadelphia forever because he was a, a true flyer. Like he just wasn't at the end of his time here. Um, Claude Giroux is still incredibly skilled. Like bro is going to get a big return. If we don't get at least a first round pick plus, like it's gotta be a first round pick 
I think so. I think it's got to be a first round pick and a prospect, like a high end prospect. I really would not be interested in trading him otherwise. And he's playing as well as he ever has. Like he looks great. He is, I think the the number two scorer on this team right now after Cam Atkinson. He's up there. It's it's him and Cam. They've pretty much been going back and forth all year. Oh, I just and, have this in front of me. Yeah. So team leader in goals is Atkinson. Team leader in assists is Giroux. Um, and points I don't have up in front of me, but that's. But like I, you know, I I, I look at it every week when I do the forecast because I do the the top five scorers from each uh, team, and Drew and Atkinson have pretty much been going back and forth. And oh, yeah. the thing is, like points each, yep. Giroux's doing this while we've, we've determined that he's better at wing at this point in his career, and he's been doing it while playing center under duress, basically. And it's almost scary to think about what he could do on another team with like a talented top six. Like that is, you know, and what a pop, proper power play that uses him in the right position. And I, you know, I really think he could be a huge boon to any team that picks him up. Well, of course, of course he can be and he will be, but it's going to hurt. And I don't want that. Like, I'm trying to protect myself. <laughs> oh, I, it's hurting my soul so much. Like, wh- you know, the entire All-Star weekend was just, like, oh. one emotional roller coaster. I know. I know. I'm just, I'm, I'm scrolling through the stats from this season. Just the basic ones. Goals, assists, points. And, like, Ryan Ellis played four games and had five points. Unbelievable. I don't, but it, it, that hurts too much to think about too, because it felt like, oh my God, we finally got this steady defenseman with an amazing beard that's going to be the top guy and he's going to help Prover off. And he, oh, he looked so amazing. He looked just the passing, the, the hands on that guy, just the, the confidence, everything, barking orders at everybody, like directing the players. Oh, he was so good. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about it. It's going to make me mad. We got another request. We got Matthew Sandwich wants to come in. Hey, how are y'all doing? I'm doing great, Mr. Sandwich. How are you? Wonderful. Uh, <laughs> well, I kind of had a question for everybody, or just you two, or people who know more than me. Uh, uh, that's debatable. <laughs> we know that uh, with Giroux on the ice, the team is as good as the Golden Knights, and without him, they're as bad as Buffalo, <laughs> or something like that. Pretty much, yeah. That someone put out on Twitter. Um, what happens to Sean Couturier's points without Giroux? Does he, like, regress? I think Sean Couturier might, you might see a minor regression. It really depends on what the team surrounds him with. But I I think Sean Couturier is still going to put up a a good amount of points even without Giroux. I I mean, granted, you will probably see a dip because it's really hard to replace a player of that caliber. Uh, Claudio is a guy we've taken for granted for most of his time in Philadelphia, frankly. And I don't know when you see another Drew come in. I I also don't know what they're going to do in free agency. I don't even know if they just keep Claudio. But let's just imagine... I'm mentally preparing myself to move on because frankly, that's just what I have to do because I don't want it to hurt more next month when it happens. Uh, You know, I'm in the, the, the acceptance phase of my, my grief right now. You can't do this to me, but looking back at at Sean Couturier, that's a great question on how much that'll be affected. Yeah. I I think that's a great question. I think that there will be 
some effect. And I think that we're seeing that actually with Giroux this season, not having Jake Voracek. Now, 36 points in 43 games is good. Like, I'm not saying that Claude Giroux isn't succeeding. And I think Cam Atkinson has picked up a lot of the Jake Voracek slack. But you just, it's not as easy to replace players and replace production as people might think that it is. Um, even if it's not the production that you necessarily wanted to see. So without Claude, I think the whole team is going to really suffer. But that's, I mean, that's what we're signing up for. You want the aggressive retool. It's going to, there's going to be pain points. Like it's going to hurt. And that's another reason why I don't want to trade Claude. Like it's, it's just, it's going to hurt. And the entire team is going to regress a little bit unless they're able to replace him with someone on his caliber. And I don't think that they'll be able to. I don't, I feel like people around the league don't realize how, just how good Drew is. Cause like, I keep seeing like, like Colorado fans. They're like, yeah, if you just send him like JT Comfort or whatever, like they'll probably give us Drew insurance. Like, no, I don't think you realize this guy is like one of the best players in the league still. And like, like, I, I don't know, like his defense has gotten, better as he's gotten older and his offense has stayed the same. And I don't even know how it's possible, but like, it's wild. You put him on a team with like actual hockey players. Like he's going to, he's going to, I don't know. He's going to, I mean, we just saw it this weekend. We saw what happened. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Put him on a team with good hockey players. I thought the most, very good. I thought the most telling thing from this weekend was when Zach Wierenski went up to him to ask for, I think it was his autograph after the game and was like really stoked about it. And you know, and Drew was just kind of like, what's the big deal? I don't understand. And it's like, I think players around the league know how good Claude Drew is. And I'm sure GMs know how good he is, but other fans have no clue. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. I, I think you're completely right because the team has been so bad for his entire tenure and his tenure has almost exactly matched up with Crosby's. And if you're you know, a West Coast team and you're looking at the East, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, they're close enough. Like, I know I know that that's blasphemy. I'm, I, I'm aware. I'm saying from, from the other side of the country, like if you're looking at the Pennsylvania teams, it's Sidney Crosby. Like, you're ignoring Claude Giroux because the Penguins have been better than the Flyers. Well, and Sidney Crosby is, you know, Claude Giroux's got really good numbers, but Sidney Crosby's got, like, historically good numbers. Right. He's the generational talent over over in the Pennsylvania area. So even if you're looking at the Metro as a whole, Claude Giroux is, is not going to get the the spotlight that he deserves because the Flyers have been bad. That's I think that that's what it is. National media won't pay attention to a team that is middling, that is – average as the flyers have been for the past i'm gonna be real generous here and say 10 years um and that's why claude Giroux doesn't get the recognition around the league that he does we should i'm trying to think like maybe we should start the campaign for claude Giroux, most underrated player why not i'm all about it i mean i feel like that's been my entire podcasting career is talking about how underrated claude Giroux is and by the way crosby for the record is looking for goal number 500 and he's got two games coming up, the Devils and the Flyers. And oh no! please, for the love of God, Devils, just pull your goalie for the whole night. Like, just please save us this because we all know what's going to happen. 
I actually bet is on it, this. Th- I saw this on the DraftKings thing a couple weeks ago for like, who will Crosby score his 500th goal against? I'm like, oh, that's the Flyers, 100. percent I don't even need to look at the schedule to know that his 500th goal will be against the Flyers. I don't even need to know that they play in the range where he could score it. It's going to be the Flyers. He has 117 points in 78 games against the Flyers. I want Sidney Crosby to retire now. Before he hits 500. I just, I like, whatever has to happen in the universe, I just, I'm so sick of play, seeing him play hockey against the Flyers, and it's been so long, I it has aged me beyond my years. I, watching the Flyers has aged me beyond my years. Also true, salute. Is the game in Philly? Could you imagine if Crosby scores his 500th goal at the Wells Fargo Center? No, it's not. Okay, good. It's in <laughs> Thanks, it's in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I, I just took off my glasses because that, like, that was the I, I was kinching the bridge of my nose. You know, let the let the Yinzers throw their slaw and enjoy their time. That's like the Wells Fargo Center would have burned down if it was <laughs> bracelets we, would not be thrown have... on the ice. It would be heavier objects. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna head out now. But I, thanks for joining us. I appreciate I it. It was wonderful this, chatting. So. We'll have to do some more lunchtime combos in the future. I'm I'm enjoying this. A good I use just, of the lunch break. I just saw the name of this room: the Sack Flunch Bunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the sack flunch bunch here. All right. Thanks for uh, calling in on Arco Hockey. Thanks for calling in uh, Matthew Sandwich there. Uh, much appreciated. We also got Bagel Dog up on the docket here. How you doing, Bagel Dog? Hey, guys. Oh, I'm uh, having a really hard time hearing you. Oh, any better? Like, I can hear that you're there, but you're just very quiet. I can hear, so um, I I will repeat what is said just to okay. uh, get some clarity here so i'm gonna mute so i don't talk over <laughs> perfecto <laughs> uh so i just want to pick you guys brains about uh briere um what exactly his role is as assistant regional manager <laughs> yes assistant to the regional manager danny briere is you know what's the the typical role for that like you you show up you uh, boss around gym you get pranked on i assume briere's already got a stapler and jello all that stuff no like in all seriousness i really think this is a grooming position uh the writing really seems to be apparent for everybody that he's being groomed to take over much like when ron hextall came into the front office a few years back and i'm sorry i mentioned ron hextall's name i know that gives a lot of people ptsd but like you know it's ultimately like I really think this is a grooming position. I think Briere is a guy who's been learning for the past few years and has been figuring out exactly what a GM does. And I think Fletcher, Steph, Fletcher had a comment today in the press conference where he mentioned specifically like Briere going out for that Canadian's job as a big factor in this decision to bring him into the fold full time. Yeah, he mentioned that. Danny interviewing for that job made him realize how much he wanted it, which is interesting. Like I could, I have had that experience before. So maybe Danny was like, huh, they want me to interview. I'll, I'll give them the time of day. And then he interviewed and was like, yo, I want this flyers. What can we do? And of course the flyers were willing to 
to work with him. Um, I think his role, oh gosh, I just flung my computer. Well, <laughs> I'm on my phone, so who cares? Um, I think that his role as, as regional manager, special assistant to the general manager, um, again, is to keep Claude Giroux. <laughs> you think that's what it is? It's secret think- thing. So in, in one of the post games with Bill, I believe it could have been the, the lost post game with Steve. Um, I just created a role in my head for Danny Briere as like the intermediary between Chuck Fletcher and Dave Scott, um, using his business and front office expertise plus hockey expertise, um, I don't know if that's what he's going to be doing, but it kind of feels like that is what they want him to do. Um, I am going to request an interview with Danny, so hopefully we get some answers in the next few weeks here. Um, But I, you know, I'm excited about it because I love Danny as a player, but I'm also very, very nervous because we're following the same exact pattern we're following a similar I won't say same exact it's a similar pattern to he who must not be named and people were (laughs) people were very excited about goalie Voldemort like they were excited about it and then like look at what happened so right I I mean I've got a long history of you know saying like you know it, it certainly was worth the effort the results were not uh, what we desired, but I, I really think the attempt was worth it to try something different. And th- that was the thing that I didn't mind about the Hextall move ultimately was that they did try something different. Now, has it mired us in this mediocrity swamp for the past five years or so, or past 10 years, really? Yeah, but like at the same time, they're probably headed there anyway, number one. But number two, like, yeah, like it was a good swing, but it was a big miss. Now, what I don't mind about this Briere move is the fact that he has gone through all the right channels. Like he has learned, he's not just being thrown in there uh, kind of willy nilly, just like, I, I, okay, we're just going to bring you in and uh, you're going to be the GM next year because we just think you're a good guy. Like he has been learning. He has been getting that experience. And uh, that's one thing that I think the flyers do well. Like it, it always looks bad from the outside that ex-Flyers get these jobs. It just kind of seems like the Flyers are giving it to their alumni. But what the Flyers do well about this thing is they usually make these guys go through the right channels first yeah. and get that experience. Yeah, and I think that that's incredibly important. Um, you know, they, they Chuck Fletcher today mentioned that Danny Briere got a, a master's degree at Wharton, which is... I don't think I knew that he was going to business school, which is cool. Like, could you imagine being like a college kid? I mean, it's UPenn, so they're all a bunch of Charlies. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I had to. Dunked on. But like, you're you're a a business student who decided to go get their MBA immediately after graduating because the world is on fire and you're in class with Danny Briere. Like th- that's cool. I would be so annoying. I just feel like I-, I would be Chris Farley when he interviews like Paul McCartney going like, Hey, remember that time you had like, uh, like a point per game and over a point per game in the playoffs in the Stanley cup run. That was awesome. 
You would not. You are a professional. I no. I would just. I would turn into Chris Farley. I'd just be like. I could. I'd just be speechless. I'd just be in awe every day. No, I. You know. I. I. I probably have one moment where I would have to do that, and then I I'd yeah, get it out no, of my system. I would, well, what I would do is I would just completely avoid him if I was the student because. Oh, you'd go the other way. I would go the other way. I would completely avoid him because number one, I respect him too much to force my presence upon him. <laughs> like, sorry, Danny, you don't have to know about me. Um, and I would just be like terrified. Like, and I'm not a person who's scared ever about no, like, you're talking. very fearless. Like, I just don't, I don't ever see the reason to not do something. I think that that's, probably going to be my downfall in life. Like why not try something? Just try it. Sure. So for me to be like, I'm terrified of Danny Bear. It's like, no, it's just, everyone is going to be bothering him. So like, why, why would I want to add myself to that list? Right. That's a good point. Well, but it's also hockey. So less people are bothering him. Well, it's Danny Briere. <laughs> That's also fair. That's a fair point. If it was like uh, that beer pong or whatever thing with Tyler Pitlick, and he said, it's nice to meet you. And I said, yeah, you too. And then ran away. It's <laughs> like 30 other people in line. Where was there a beer pong thing with Danny Breer and Tyler Pitlick? Or was it just Tyler Pitlick? It was just Pitlick. It was at that. The liquor of pits? Thing. Yeah. Played. Uh, okay. So, oh, so at the Flyers Wives Carnival, they had a beer pong thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I always just try to be respectful of those things because they have to hear from, like, 35 or, like, a thousand fans at that thing. Oh, my gosh, it's Tyler Pitlick. <laughs> I think I, I went to uh, a Jersey signing thing on the, the Preston and Steve show on MMR. They had uh, Drew and Hartnell. Uh, they do a, a food drive every year. And Drew and Hartnell showed up the one day. So uh, I went over and got them to autograph a jersey. And, like, you know, this is, like, I think this is, like, either right around when I started podcasting or just before. But I was just kind of, like, I did a little bit of the Chris Farley there, but not too much. Where I was just, like, I like how you guys play hockey. Like, it's just, like, it's just, like, big fan. Stein jersey. Thank you. Yeah, it doesn't help that we're, like, inherently awkward in, in social settings. <laughs> All I heard was inherently awkward, and like I am very much an internet person. <laughs> like we're we're internet people. Um, I actually I have a funny story from the last time I met Danny Briere. I was I was with Steve. Um, oh wow! It was at God. What I don't even remember what year it was. Twenty nineteen, maybe. It was like two years ago. Yeah, because it was. I think. In fact, it might have been two years, three years to the the dot. Because I think it was in like the spring or February or something. So it was like I, around this time of year. Yeah. But I think it may have been 20, 2019. It was definitely pre pandemic, like way pre pandemic. We weren't even, we didn't even know what a coronavirus was at that point. Yeah. I mean, yeah. medical Corona people, did. we didn't know. <laughs> um, so the last time I met him, like I went up to him, I was like, Hey, I'm Steph Driver, and he was like, oh, yeah, I know you. Like, some some of the flyers do know us. By the way, like, those... Jesus like, Christ. 
They listen to our shows. Some of them. If any listen. flyer listens to my show, I am sorry. I am so sorry for right. all the ridiculous. Actually, I'm not. I'm not sorry for anything. I apologize for nothing. But that's so funny. I didn't realize that he did that because oh, yeah, no. I, I think I came up like a minute after this happened because then we did the uh, the interview, which yeah. I was I was talking to Steph uh, before we were going to record this, and this is again like three years ago when he was just learning like the ropes with the GM and I, I got to interview Danny Briere at that event, which was awesome. And uh, I was going to say like, we never posted those interviews outside of the, uh, the Patreon, but it's been, it's been a while since we did that. So I think I feel comfortable putting it out there. Uh, and I think it'd be interesting to go back and listen to what Briere said about like coming up through the ropes at that time. Yeah. Now back to my story. So I go up to him and I was like, Hey, Steph Driver, Broad Street Hockey Box, whatever. And the pleasantries. And I was like, you were my first interview ever and just wanted to say thanks. Like, you made a great impact on my career and you were super nice. So I, I appreciate it. And he, he liked hearing that. He was like, oh, I didn't realize that. Thanks. But like, Daniel Breer, smiling politely. Yeah. And, and I was like, well, we're here. We're interviewing players. Like, can I get you for an interview? And he was like, yeah, and Steve was all the way across the rink, and I was like, okay, well, it's over there, and he's looking, and he's like, oh, <laughs> looking at the crowds of people waiting to talk to him. And uh, I think that's when I was wrapping up with, uh, I want to say Chemo Tiemann at that point. It may have, um, it probably was, because I wasn't there when you were interviewing Chemo, and that's something that hurts my heart. <laughs> Kimo was Kimo did not want to do it either. Like Kimo was super nice about it because he was just coming off the ice, but he was like, "How long do you need?" I'm like, "Like, uh, like five minutes, dude. I, I just want to talk to you real quick." And he was like, "All right." And then once we got into it, he was like, "Great, he was fantastic." Yeah. But like, I totally get it. He was coming off the ice. He was tired from playing a hockey game for charity, but still. And but you know, super nice. He did it. But like Briere and I call did I Briere call play you, in that game? I I think he did. I think but like did. I think he had the time to like shower and like get yeah, his no, stuff he was, and yeah. He was clean and well dressed when we cornered him. But I remember I called you over because I could see that there was no way he was going to make it to your side of the rink with all of the people that were were stopping him to talk. So and then we so had let me three. just pick up all of my equipment and Listen, work my way through those people. Was the interview worth it? Absolutely. It was a great interview. Now, and I'd love to put it out into the world. Maybe I'll put them all out there because we, we had some great ones that day. We talked about we had, Bernie. We had some really good ones. So if you're able to find them, I think that we should we should post them. Oh, I have 100% have them. Oh, I thought that that was a problem a few months ago when we were talking. Oh, I just have to bust out my laptop and my laptop's a piece of shit. Oh, yeah. Let's post them then. All right. They will get posted this week or maybe this weekend, maybe next week they will get posted. And uh Yeah. Well, Just put the disclaimer on them that they're from whatever year they're from. and Yeah. Old news. Yeah. I think that that would be cool. All right. Well, thanks for uh, chiming in with some uh, comments there, Bagel Dog. Much appreciated. And thanks to everybody else who called in. Uh, looks like my time period is up right now, so I need to get back to the old grind right here. But um, this was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed doing a little lunch hangout. And thankfully, Chuck Fletcher chimed in with some comments right beforehand. Yeah, that was good. Gave us some stuff to talk about. Yeah, but uh, we're going to get going. But we really appreciate y'all calling in. We appreciate everybody listening to the podcast that we put out there. Uh, you're all fantastic people. And uh, we're going to get going. Steph, any final words for the listeners? 
We love you. Thank you. And and don't watch the Flyers if they make you sad. <laughs> yes, we do love you. You can watch passively. Put it on like a secondary screen or just uh, refresh the score and something. Or so DVR what I, and watch it later. What I do is I've got it on and I'm listening to it, right? But I'm also scrolling TikTok at the same time. There you go. So That's like I'm watching and I'm listening and I know what's happening and I'm able to do my analysis, but also serotonin. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. All right, folks, thanks so much for listening. Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey.